Sorry about that, my speaker popped off. Nobody wanted to hear me anyway, right? Um, before I get started with my sermon, I just uh, want to put out there, as everybody knows this is Veterans Day, or I should say Veterans Day weekend. So for everybody out there in uh, Cyberland that's a veteran, thank you for your service. We appreciate you, and for even those people that are still serving, we appreciate everything that you're doing for, for our freedoms. Um, in researching my sermon this, for this week, uh, I came across an unusual statistic. The statistic says that the average person speaks about 11 million words a year. 11 million words. I'm not sure how they, they came up with that number, and it's kind of hard to put my mind around it. You know, they have somebody walking behind somebody for a whole year. Every time they said a word, they were making a little tick mark or something. I don't know. But, you know, you, you kind of think about it. This could be easy to believe with some people than others. I mean, I know I got a, I got a person. Well, yeah, my, my wife. No, I'm just kidding. I have a person at work that talks a lot. A lot. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a, a chatty patty doll. You know, keep, keep pulling the string, keep pulling the string. It keeps talking, it keeps talking, it keeps talking. But if you do the math, from a person from the time that they're born to the time that they turn the age of 65, that's 715 million words that they've spoken. 715 million words. A lot about nothing, maybe? I don't know. But my sermon for this week is uh, Taming the Tongue. Um, our mouth has a tendency to get us in trouble. Sometimes more than what we would like. And it's simply because of the fact that words are incredibly powerful. Words can take a person, they can, they can build them up, it can encourage them, encourage somebody, it can motivate them. But on the other side of the coin, of the coin it can also tear them down. It can hurt, offend, cause horrible scars. You know, I know people who have been in relationships who uh, not physical abuse, not like they're being hit or beat on, but mental abuse through words. And sometimes those are the hardest things to forget about, some of the hardest things to, to get out of your life. That you, that you, people just carry that with them for till the grave, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, I remember an old saying that, you know, you probably remember as a kid, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Not true. You know, especially when you're a kid, you know, kids, kids can probably be the cruelest to other kids. Sometimes they, you know, they say things to people in school. You know, and just like I said, they, they, they carry that throughout their lifetime. It sticks. Proverbs 18.21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, it's, 
falls in line with you reap what you know you, you reap what you sow. You know, eventually it will come back on you. You know, I remember a movie there about uh, I can't remember who starred in it, but it was about two two people. They went to went to uh, went to school together. Oh, the name of the movie was called The Bully, actually. And they went to school together, and how one was always bully, the other one was always mean to him, was always, you know, cutting him down through the use of words and things that he did towards him. But then as adults, you know, uh, they confronted the situation, but it never changed. The other one was still wanting to be the bully, you know. Um, but in the end, the bully, you know, came around to, to seeing what he was doing wrong. But most importantly, the words matter to God. He keeps record of everything you say. Matthew 12, 36, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. God's listening. He's listening to everything that you say. It's kind of sad, you know, that Words do the worst harm when there's other things involved, especially, especially anger or offense. You know, instead of, if you get angry, instead of t tackling it right, right in the moment and, and resolving the situation, and I used to be terribly guilty of this here, I would hold it inside, I would keep my mouth shut. What happens? It festers, just like an offense, it continues to grow. It keeps going, it keeps going, it gets bigger, it gets bigger. Finally to a point where it's got to come out. It's kind of like, you know, everybody remember back in the days when, when Mount Rainier blew its top in Washington? It's many years ago, but Mount Rainier, which is the big, biggest mountain in, in uh, Washington State, it finally exploded, and, that, and that's how we are as people. When it gets to a point where we can't take any more, what happens is your mouth goes... I've got this. I will take care of it. And then that's when all the crud comes out. All, it just, it, you get to a point where you're just so angry, what comes out of your mouth, it doesn't matter anymore. Because I'm going to vent. You're going to hear what I have to say. And usually in the end, somebody gets drastically hurt. Sometimes beyond repair. Jesus spoke literally that for every careless word, there will be an accounting on the day of judgment. Keep that in your mind, people. You, you might think words are a small thing, but it's just like anything else that we have to account for as a Christian when, 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 when the day comes. We have to account for what we did. You're going to have to account for why. Why did you say this about Bobby over here, why did you say this to your husband because you were angry? You got to account for it. Hope you got a good answer. Jesus to condemn profane and vile uses of the tongue and idle words. We may consider our tongues to be minor sins, but in the eyes of God, a sin's a sin. You know, doesn't no matter how big it is or how little it is, just like a lie. 
A lie is a lie. It can be a small white lie, you might think. Doesn't mean anything, but it does. We need to think about how we use our words. Most specifically, how we use attack words. Like I said, we, you know, when we get so angry to the point where you have to vent, it, it becomes a simple goal. We're going to hurt somebody. That, 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 that becomes what we feel like we have to do. It's, it's our time to get back. And that's through hurting somebody. And words can cut like a knife. And when we're angry, when we're offended, when we're hurt, and it comes your time to, to get back, we want that dagger to go as deep as we can make it go. Ever, anybody ever been like that? Just, just got, you just got so angry or you just so hurt that, that the stuff just came out of your mouth and you wanted payback, you wanted to get your point across, and you, at that point, you didn't care how bad you hurt that person. I've been guilty of it. I'm sure probably everybody else here in the congregation has been the same way. You're guilty of it as well. But God doesn't want us to use words like that. He wants us to use words to bless others. In Matthew 5, 44, it says, you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I few weeks ago on persecution. And, you know, if, if you're not ready to handle that and you let that anger and those things start to, to offend you and you start letting it build up in your body, you get to a point where you're going to vent, it's going to hurt somebody. Instead, pray for them. Let it go. If you're, if you're carrying an anger towards somebody, it's time to sit down and talk with them. If you're carrying an offense against somebody, it's time to sit down and talk to them and get it out of your system. You want people to be blessed. And God wants to bless you for doing it. There's another one that hits, probably going to hit real close to home for a lot of people involves the use of the tongue, and that is refrain from gossip. How many people have ever been part of the gossip train? Come on. Everybody's been there. Everybody's been involved in gossip. You know, the old, the old office thing, you know, hang around the, the water cooler and hear what's going on. But we have to be careful about what we share concerning others. I, I was a hard-headed kid, but my mom always used to tell me that there's only one thing harder than unscrambling an egg, and that's unscrambling gossip. Once it's out there, it's out there, and you can't make it go away. The damage is already done. Those are pretty, pretty wise words from a woman, especially towards a hard-headed kid. time and they, there was probably about 25 of us standing in a line shoulder to shoulder and uh, 
It started out like this. The person who was in charge of the seminar, he came up and he told the first person on this end of the line, I'm telling you this, I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to repeat it back until it went all the way down to the other end of the line. And, you know, it had to say, you know, my favorite color is blue and blah, blah, blah. And by the time it got to the end of the line, my favorite color was, was, was pink with red polka dots. You know, it was something completely different. All because of words. Something got so bent out of shape to the point that it wasn't true. Gossip is destructive and it's very subtle. You may not think it's hurting anybody, but it is. The conversation will always, will always begin, or gossip will always begin with, did you hear? Did you hear what, what happened to this person over here? And then that person will go to the next person, did you hear what, I, what happened to this person over here? And by the time it got done, it didn't even involve that person anymore. It was somebody completely different and a completely different story. And chances are, in the end, the person that was involved completely changed and somebody else was getting hurt in the process. Don't believe everything that you hear. Some people go, yeah, but you know, gossip's fun, man. We, you know, we, we get to hear what's going on and get, hit, get, get the dirt on somebody. You know, you know, what's going on in this person's life? You know, you know, getting a new manager in your company or a new general manager, you know, and you, you want to get the dirt on them, so you, you start listening to the gossip. But don't believe everything that you hear, because a lot of times it's just flat out not true. And the sad thing is, is, is gossip is worse in smaller environments than it is in big environments, because it's a closer-knit person. You know, if, you, if, if the rumor's going to start with just seven or eight, nine people in, in, the, in the workplace or wherever, the, wherever this happens at, versus a multi-million dollar company where thousands of people work, it's going to be more impactful. It's going to hurt more people. Basically, gossip usually makes a mountain out of a molehill, and that happens because you keep throwing more dirt on it. You become the person that's directly involved in the gossip chain, making it worse. Proverbs 20, 19, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. I've lost friends in my past because of gossip, because I joined the, the gossip, gossip train. Everybody, everybody else here ever lost friends because of that, because of gossip? Who got hurt in the end. I know it hurt me in the end because I lost a good friend. I'm sure the other person probably felt the same way because that's who it was directed towards. So just stay away from it. Watch out for gossip.
God expects us to use clean words. Yeah, she was a different breed of woman, you know. I was probably a usual kid, you know, if I did something wrong, I got the paddle. I remember she had this paddle and she had some, some letters imprinted, so I always had imprints on my If I used profanity, I knew it was coming. Out came the teaspoon, out came the red pepper, filled that teaspoon up, shoved it in my mouth. This is what you get. Some people got their mouth washed out with soap, right? I think I would have rather have had that, you know. But here now I got this, this, this big old teaspoon of pepper in my mouth, mouth's on fire, and she goes, and don't you get a drink of water. As soon as she turned back, you know, I wouldn't drink our water. I'd go to, back then we used to drink water out of the water hose. Remember that? I'd run to the neighbor's house and turn on their water hose and <sighs> trying to get all that pepper out of my mouth. Okay? Use clean words. Avoid the punishment. A foul mouth isn't something to be proud of because as Christians we're being watched. There's a song out there, somebody's watching you, you know. As a Christian, we're being watched. Those people who are not Christians, they're waiting to get their, their digs in on you, especially if you're a Christian. They're waiting for that, aha, I caught you. You're not such a great Christian because you just said something that you shouldn't have said. Or you just got involved in gossip where you shouldn't have been involved. They're waiting for that chance to put your Christianity at the forefront of being wrong. They're, they're wanting to prove that you're just not that such great of a Christian because you just did something that you shouldn't be doing. You know, profanity, there's a, there's a, to me, profanity is profanity. It is what it is. You know, even though the Bible says, thou shalt not use the Lord's name, God's name in vain. Okay. But profanity, in any aspect, even though you're not using the Lord's name in vain, you're not showing your light as a Christian. You're, you're, you're lowering yourself to, to, to worldly standard. So stay away from it. Use clean words. Prove the other people wrong. People that are out to persecute you and to judge you, prove them that they're wrong, that you are the Christian, that you are, that you're walking in, in the light of God. Use truthful words. Matthew 5:37. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything, anything beyond this comes from the evil one. What I'm getting into here is lying, not telling the truth. We as Christians, people need to believe what we say. And that starts with if we're... we're if we're telling the truth or telling lies about anything that's going on around us. 
Lying destroys credibility. It, it puts you in a situation where, you know, are you, being, are you believed? You know, there are people out there that, that lie so easily that it comes naturally. And they get to the point where they lie so much that they start believing their own lies. They think that is, that's who they are or what they are or what happened. They lie so much that they've got themselves convinced that is the truth. But it isn't. And when you get to the point like that and you, you practice that we're you know lying to a point where you got yourself believed, trust me, you're gonna get caught. You're gonna get caught in your lies. I name numerous circumstances where that's happened. There's a story about a woman who was uh, was going to have, host some, have some people over to the house for a dinner, and she goes into to a meat market. And for her dinner, she was going to be serving chicken. So she, when she was at the meat market, she told the the butcher that she'd like to buy a chicken. So the butcher opened up the freezer case, and there was only one chicken left in there. Now, of course, the, his freezer case was back away from the counter, back in, in the freezer. So he, he brings this chicken out and he throws it up on the scale and it weighed two pounds. And so the butcher goes, I've got this. So he picks up that chicken, and he goes back into the freezer and knowing that was the last chicken, he comes back out with the same chicken and he puts it up on the scale and tells the lady But you're going to get caught when you lie. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. But there's the old saying, a lie is like a monkey on your back. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the burden gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Eventually, you're going to slip up. And even though you're thinking in your mind that this lie is true and correct, you're going to slip up and you're going to make a mistake and you're going to change something. And that's when you get caught. be truthful in everything that you say. And that's always goes all the way back to what we just talked about. You're being watched. People are looking for people are looking for you to make that mistake so that they can catch you. Catch you in how you use your words, catch you in a lie. So always let the words that flow from your mouth be truthful. Use edifying words. Ephesians 4:29 do not let anyone any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who...
God's challenging you to use words that help other people, to build them up. Our great commission is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's not to add what we think is in the Bible or what, what something means, but to be truthful and to be correct. Don't tear people down, as I mentioned before. Instead, let our words be a, a positive effect on somebody's lives. You know, working with the homeless downtown, we see many people different, you know, many people in different circumstances, different issues going on in their lives. And they don't need people who, when we go down there and we minister to them, to sit there and judge them or spread gossip about what this person's doing and what they may be doing with the stuff that they're getting. Instead, witness to them and lift them up. You know, it's not for us to judge people. That's not our, that's not our job in life. Our job is just to witness the love, love, love of Jesus Christ. Let God work with the person that's, that's going through issues or that's being dishonest. I know in my life there's been many times where I've been down and out, you know, a lot of people don't, don't know I suffer with PTSD. There are certain things that I, that triggers, I guess I would say is a trigger for me. Um, but to me, what, a lot of times what brings me out of that, that funk that I get into is somebody just lifting me up, being encouraging. PTSD is no fun. It will, it will mess with your head. So encouragement is just comforting, comforting like you wouldn't believe. It, it, it can really change somebody. Now you might be thinking right now, Dennis, you know, I, I hear you. I might be suffering from some of this, but how do I change? What can I do? How can I succeed? Transforming the tongue begins with a change in the heart. In Matthew 15, 18, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. You have to have a change in your heart. You have to sit back and say, you know, God, this issue with my mouth getting me in trouble. This issue, if I'm lying, if I'm not being truthful, I'm turning it over to you. God, bless me. I'm, I'm, this is yours. Fill that, fill that emptiness with your love so that I can be, begin to make a change. You know, I already mentioned that the, when the heart is full of anger and, and selfishness, envy, pride, all this ugly stuff, it affects everything that you do. It affects how people perceive you. It affects whether or not you're believable or if you're being truthful. I'm going to tell you another story. Everybody's probably going to get a chuckle out of this one too, but it kind of 
puts the point in perspective. Some children playing a joke on their grandfather. And they found him asleep on the sofa in, in a living room. And one of, the junks, one of the kids got the bright idea to take some Limburger cheese and spread it on his mustache. Everybody, anybody ever smelled Limburger cheese before? It is nasty. It is disgusting. Don't know why anybody would want to eat it. Okay, it's gross. Okay. But these kids, they took this Limburger cheese and they put it on his mustache. And after a short time, Grandma woke up and he goes, man, he goes, something in the living room stinks. And he get up, gets up and he looks around, couldn't find anything, and so then he walks into the kitchen and he goes, man, he goes, something in the kitchen stinks. Still couldn't find anything. Finally, he goes outside and he opens up the door and he sniffs around and looks, and he goes, the whole world stinks. So what I'm trying to get across here, some of us have Limburger in our hearts. Something in your heart stinks, and it's making you use words in the wrong way. It's making you do things the way you shouldn't be doing it because something in your heart stinks. Our focus needs to change. We need something to change within us. Instead of looking for a bad situation, look for the good. Stop looking for the hopeless or what's not going to work. Start, start looking for the positive. Instead of being preoccupied with your own self-interest, focus on the interests of others, lifting them up so that they become blessed. We need to think before we speak. Basically what it all comes down to. In James 1, 19-20, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I used to have a temper. Used to. I pretty much keep it in check anymore. But there may be somebody out here that you're still, still for, uh, struggling with an angry heart. You're quick to anger. But to continue, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Turn it all over. especially in small airplanes, because something that's important is whenever you land, you have to have wheels so that you can get back, back on the ground safely. So we have a word that we use that's called GUMP, G -U -N, like Forrest Gump, G-U-M-P. And it basically stands for G, stands for gear. U means undercarriage. M is mixture. In other words, mixture knobs in full, rich position, so it's getting enough fuel. And then P, the propeller. is the propeller set in the proper position for power. Because you have to be able to, if something fails, you have to be able to have enough power to get back off the ground and, and go around and do it again. But the first one is gear. 
man, you gotta have that landing gear. That landing gear, yeah, you might, might get on the ground, but it's gonna be a little bit rough. But I'm gonna give you a word to think about. You might wanna write this down or, 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 or embed it in your brain, but it's the word think. The T stands for, is it true? Going back to the gossip mill, going back to the water fountain, is what being said is true? Is it true? H is, is it helpful? Helpful. The I, is it inspiring? N, is it nice? And K, is it kind? The word think. So if you notice in this, there's nothing there derogatory. There's nothing there that's coming out of anger or hurtfulness, whatever the case might be, but it's all positive, it's all inspiring. Not for just yourself, but for those people that are around you, lifting them up. When using this word, if you have something to say and it doesn't pass that test, don't say it. Just don't say it. In wrapping up, I'm about four minutes over. I know I'm going to hear, hear the you long-winded today. The wife's smiling. <laughs> God's help is available to you. I pose the question, who can tame the human tongue? And it's Jesus. Jesus is in the business of transforming lives. Kind of like, remember the old, when Lucy would send up her psychiatrist booth, remember that? And she'd always have the little sign there saying, open for business. Well, you know what? Jesus is open for business all the time, 24-7. He's here to hear your cries. He's there to receive your worship. He wants to walk with you hand in hand every step of the way. You put your trust in him. He can change what comes out of your mouth. Change it from, get rid of all that garbage to make things uplifting, beneficial, to bring glory to him. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Through him, he can take it all away. That's the whole reason why he died on the cross and he shed blood, was to take away all of our crud, all of our garbage. He's the one person that can give you the ability to change. You don't have to do it on your own. Just reach out to God. If you're going through something, I don't encourage anybody to you know, seek Natalie out, seek my wife out, myself. We'll pray with you. We'll go through this with you together. We'll bring you to the throne of God. Philippians 4.13, in closing, I 
I can do all, all this through him who gives me strength. The wife has it on her ring back there. That's, that's a verse that she lives by. God can do it all for you. You know, kind of like all the stores you see anymore, no credit needed. With Jesus, it's no questions asked. Once you kneel before the throne of God and you pour your heart out to him, he's going to take whatever it is that's bugging you, whatever it is that you're struggling with, He's going to take it from you, and he's going to pitch it as far as the east is from the west, a never-ending circle. Because if you keep going east and east, it never ends. You go west, circle, and it never ends. It's going to be gone. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your, your forgiveness. We thank you for the ability to know that no matter what our struggles are or what it is that we're going through in life, that you will always be there for us no matter when. Father, we pray that you just help us to tame our tongue. Instead of creating harm and and anger and deceitfulness and, and lying. Father, we pray that you know if we're, if we're struggling with this, that you just take it from us and instead fill it with your love, with your compassion. Fill us with your Holy Spirit to overflowing. Father, we all love you so much. Me personally, I don't know what I would do without you. Many people here in the congregation, same, same way, we just don't know what we would do without you, without your love. Or we just lift everybody up today. Just fill them with your spirit. Give us more and give us more and give us more. Until it's completely overflowing from us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.